Hi friends, and welcome to the Real Love and Rise podcast. I am your host, Amanda Gazzola, former busy bee chasing her dreams to an energizing self-love advocate. I want the kind of life that has fun, ease, joy, and flow, which is why each week I will bring you an episode that will help you move forward to building the life that you want so that you can elevate and soar. So get ready with me and join me as we take one step forward in that direction today. All right, and we are live on Relove and Rise. I don't know why I said that, but that just came out there. I am with the beautiful Deborah Kozlowski, who is a productivity mindset coach. I'm excited to chat with her today because we are in such a time right now that I feel like we need someone like Deborah to really understand what it is that we can do to make this time work better for us and to look with deep within ourselves. And one of her superpowers, which is why I have her on, is because she has so much curiosity and loves to know what and why and how and like figure it out and not even know the how, but somehow it'll magically like she'll figure it out. So thank you so much, Deborah, for being on here today and welcome. Well, I'm excited to be here and great to connect with you again, Amanda. I know we've connected in various points of our journey and uh, excited to be here with you. Oh, it's so true. Where I, Deborah and I, we did the same program uh, with Make Your Mark and we did a speaking uh, program with them as well called Quantum Trainer. So I, it's been fun to be like back and forth and you were our, uh, our facilitator as well. Yes, yes. So um, lots of connections and uh, I just totally admire you, Amanda. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So let's get to it. Um, what I want, how I want to start with you is um, like you're a productivity coach. And so when you're a productivity coach, you must hold yourself to a standard. Am I right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think uh, one of the things that people have to understand is that there is a lot of average. There's a lot of mediocre around in the world. And when you hold yourself to a certain standard, what you're doing is you're increasing the standards for the people around you. And there's no one saying that they need to have the same standard as you necessarily. It's just for them to increase and raise their own bar for themselves. Yeah. Do you find, like, have you always been like that? Or have you, like, what have you done to, like, get yourself to where you hold yourself to a standard where you can be proud of? Um, I'd like to say I was always like that, but that's not the case. Um, it's always been a work and improvement because I've always had this philosophy and in the back of my head, it's like, could you, could you have done it a little bit better? And, and there's room for improvement. I'm also a recovering perfectionist. So that doesn't help either in the fact that perfection can solve progress. And when it comes to productivity, done is sometimes better than perfect. So we want to make sure that we're keeping that momentum going, but also realizing there's always that room for improvement and how can I tweak it every single time? So if I reflect on a day and say, well, what went really well? Is there anything I could have done differently that would have increased my performance? Then I can tweak that and say, okay, tomorrow I'm gonna implement this change. And then there, there are micro changes. Like people think change is huge. And change is actually really reflecting and making those small changes. It's the small changes that are going to make the biggest impact. Okay, this is really good. You had a, quite a few nuggets there. So basically, when you were speaking in regards to, you know, just before the change, where it's like you 
don't want to be mediocre, but you are recovering perfectionist and then you are, there's room for improvement. Sometimes you can be really hard on, well, all the time you can be really hard on yourself depending on it. So how do you find the gentleness in the process where it's like, you know, you gave it your best, but like, you know, that you're always striving for more. Like, where do you find that comfort zone in that? And did you do have, like, did you have to, like, did you have to find it or did you always know, like, you know? It is something I had to discover through trial and error, realizing that when you're hard on yourself, you are almost putting yourself in a place of impossible. But when you come to a place of compassion for yourself and realizing that, you know, instead of dwelling on mistakes and thinking that things are wrong and that you're no good at something, it's important to step back and say, okay, this is how we get to success. We need to have these things that don't go well so that we could figure out what does go well and then do that, those improvements, but have that compassion for ourselves to say, okay, one down, let's keep going. Let's see what it's going to take us to get to success versus sitting there dwelling. Cause when we're dwelling on things and we're having negative self-talk, it prevents us from taking actions to move forward. We actually sit there and ruminate and, um, go through regrets and should haves and could haves and all of those things, but they don't support us, right? So we want to be choosing mantras and language that will help support us in being compassionate with ourselves instead of being our judge and jury. So one of the things is, is when, when you get start getting frustrated with self, am I judging myself or can I shift to a learner mindset? And I, I love this because I quote Dr. Marilee Adams in my book, and she talks about changing your questions, changing your life and being curious. What can I learn from this? And if I seek to understand and I come from a place of curiosity, I start asking the right questions that are going to help me get closer to success and figure things out. Yeah. Curiosity. I want to come back to that, but curiosity is a, definitely a better word than probably the words that you're thinking at the time. Cause I know my words can be very colorful and be all over the spectrum, but like when you change that, the way the language of how you speak to yourself and just saying, I was just really curious today. So it's like, it's like you have to do that, uh, that audit of yourself and checking in with yourself by the end of the day to see like, how did I do? And like, what do I like about it? And what don't I like about it? And what can I make tomorrow better? Like, how can I show up? Yeah. And if you come hot out of a situation, and you know, you need to give yourself a timeout. Go for a walk, get yourself to a place that you're de-escalated. And sometimes you can do those quick audits just shortly after and say, okay, is that exactly how I wanted it to go? What could I have done differently? Maybe I said things that maybe people didn't understand. And if I'm gonna go back into that conversation, I can't be escalated when I have that conversation because when you're escalated, the rational thought goes out the window Mm -hmm. And then you say things that you regret. Yeah. So it's better to just give yourself that time out, take a deep breath, give some time, and then do an audit of what went well in this conversation, what didn't, and what can I do differently moving forward? Because everyone's accountable for their own actions, 100%. It's not 50-50 with every conversation. It's 100 and 100. Mm -hmm. That I like that. I like what you said there. I haven't never heard of it that way, but <laughs> you were so right. It's like, it's not like it's 
it's both like both are in the exact same like area to basically chat back and forth and figure out like what you have to be accountable to yourself for that and responsible for what comes out yeah um what i wanted to ch chat with you about is like what we were talking about do you the, finding that compassion do you and i want to bring it back because i know that a lot of our audience like my audience members are moms you're a mom so did you like is that where you started understanding the more of that compassion because like you know you're you're definitely great at what you do. You're you're very business focused. You speak a lot at like for TED Talks, like you wrote a book. Um, like there's you are a go-getter. You are definitely you have that business mindset. So ha, like how did you transition? Did you have to transition? And what does that look like where that compassion had to even be more nurtured? Well, when people get into a business mindset, sometimes it's really factual and emotions are removed. And I know with being a mom, you know, sometimes my kids will look at me and they'll be like, mom, you're just perfect. Everything's perfect for you. You don't get it. And I'll step back and I actually laugh to myself because I sit back and think, okay, I was 21 time. I was 18 one time. I was 16 one time. And I still tell myself I'm far from perfect. However, now if I think of my age and I'm not going to reveal it, <laughs> but that's how many years of practice I've had to become who I am. And when I look at them, I have to be compassionate in them understanding. And just like with my clients, we've all had our own journey. I don't know the whole journey. I don't know what their self-talk is, but I do know that if I tap into being more compassionate and removing my judgment, it's really about removing judgment of self and removing judgment of others and being able to really shift and not take things personally and realize that everyone's seeing through a different lens. So even when my kids say, oh, mom, you're perfect, I, I remind them that how many years of experience do I have being me, right? So when we think of that and then when we're compassionate that seeing everyone is a beginner when they're learning something new. So I, my background is nursing. So I have developed very strong critical thinking skills. I worked in open heart recovery years ago, and I've had to use those critical thinking skills and transverse them into business, which has been very helpful, which, because that's where my curiosity comes from. I have to ask all these additional questions, but I didn't start off with a business mindset. It, it was something that I developed. I learned about, I'm pretty much self-taught. I've had many errors in the process. Many um, times I've, you know, dirtied my knees and had to get back up and just keep going. But those were the greatest lessons that I've ever had. And I wouldn't have become who I am today without them. That was beautifully said. And I definitely felt it there. Like I'm smiling and just like taking it in because that is probably the best like way to look at it because one you're a mom two you're definitely you have a, a science healthcare background with critical thinking yet your coach and so when someone's coming to you it's like you definitely have that awareness and like how to meet like how to speak with them and i think that there's something to be said with like being in business you have to meet the, your clients where they are 
And so it's just like the same with your kids. You have to meet them where they are and understand where they're coming from and have the awareness of where you're coming from. Like, instead of just being reactive, like really connecting with like, why are they like acting out? Why are they, you know, like that's exactly what I would do. And I think like there's something to be said with um, just like the approach that you have. I understand now why at the beginning of the conversation you talked about like you love neuroscience because like you just want to see how everything just works together and just like you see how the brain works. I love it. Yeah. And we got to remember that everybody's at a developmental stage. So I love how you brought in, we always need to meet people where they're at and then tap into where, where do they see themselves going? Where do they want to be? You know, it's like, if I have an Olympic swimmer and I put my three-year-old or five-year-old who's taking swimming lessons, you can't expect that five-year-old to swim like an Olympian. It is something that has developed over time. The practice of who you are is who you become. So, you know, there's a quote um, by Aristotle, I think, and it's about excellence is in the habits that you do daily. I, I'm paraphrasing, but in everything that you execute, the way you do things every day is compounded into who you are today. So if you're not liking something about yourself or how you approach things, maybe you're reactive versus responsive, this is a great time to take a step back and say, okay, I want things to change. What is the small, what is one change that I could do right now that will give me the greatest return on my investment of myself? Time could be money, could be resources, but most of all, it's my time. Because if I'm more effective with my time, I become better everywhere else. Uh. That's so powerful. I have a big question um, because that, that was like where I was going next. I have my list of questions that I wanted to ask you. So you, you keep seeing me going down because I'm like, we're tackling stuff. And it's just like, ooh, this will tie in really nicely there. Awesome. Um, just giving you guys my headspace of what's going on. Um, but, you know, how do you make time, especially in the time that we're in right now, because your, how your days probably, maybe you've been affected, maybe you haven't, but like your days probably how you conducted yourself are probably a little different now, but like, and now we're like oh, a month and a bit in. So it's like, how do you make time to keep that, keep that flow going? Because you know what you need in order to feel successful, in order to go in with your day, having those intentions, but you have, our intentions are probably a little different because things are a little different. So maybe they are, maybe they aren't, but can you share with how you make time before this pandemic and then after? Yeah, sure. I, I actually use the same habits um, with greater intention now than ever before. But it's the habits and the routines that you form that keep you focused and consistent. So one of the things that I do on a regular basis is time block. So I will time block things into my calendar. So here's the catch. People often put things on a to-do list. And then someone might phone them up and you'll look at your calendar. Like I have a calendar on my wall here and it's like, ah, you know what? There's nothing on the calendar. However, my to-do list is ongoing like Santa's Christmas list, right? So <laughs> I encourage people to take what's on the to-do list, block time off into your calendar. And here's the thing. Don't block off like four hours. It's better to, unless like you're diving into or cleaning a room, you want to chunk it down into smaller pieces because time will always expand to the time that you give it. So if I say I'm going to work on an article, it might take me several days, but it will be great because I'll say I've given myself a half an hour to do research, half an hour to do writing, another half an hour to do editing. 
you know, so if I block an hour, then I'm going to get tons of things done because when you're under pressure, that urgency, then you get it done quicker than if I said, oh yeah, I got four hours. Cause I can guarantee I can waste four hours doing research and editing and emailing. But if I chunk down my time into smaller, I have a little bit of pressure, a little bit of urgency and I get more done. So I use something called a marinara timer yeah. online and it's a very simplistic timer, but it allows me to block times. Normally people also use the Pomodoro timer, which is like 20 minutes and then five minute break, 20 minutes, five minute break. And then you do four blocks of that and then you take a longer break. However, the marinara timer, I recommend that if people know their optimum time frame of working, and it, you might have to play around with this a little bit, but for me, my optimum time frame is 45 minutes. So I will block 45 minutes for the main time and then I'll schedule a 15 minute break. Then I'll do another 45, 15 minute break and I'll do that for several hours and then I'll take a one hour break in between. That way we get more done than the average person in an eight hour job because it's very focused and concentrated time and you're gonna get tons more done. So take those things that are in your calendar and if it's errands, you know, group them geography, group them by time frame, you know, so that you are banging things off the list, crossing them off, making yourself feel great. And you're gonna start seeing how much more you get accomplished because you are focused on being consistent with your practice. It's all about consistency. Mm -hmm. I love that. And you're so right. And I'm, I have a few questions that are in like what you just said, because you have a lot of great nuggets there. And the one thing that a lot of people, especially I find when you're looking at and you're trying to understand like your schedule and whatnot. And the thing is many busy people, like they, what you said, oh, sorry, there's so many there. Like where it's just like, where like time is like of what you give it. Like the time will always be there, the time you give it. So I thought that was like a very profound statement because it's like, wow, what time do I put in that I'm giving? And you're allowing, so it's like, you're losing that control sometimes, or you can look at it where like you're gaining control because you're allowing it. So it depends on how you're looking at it. But for the time, like when someone's looking at their schedule and they're wanting, and many people would be overwhelmed by what you just said, because when you're chunking it, a lot of people think that they lose, they lose time because um, they're like, oh, I'm doing this. And you feel like you're busy throughout the day and you feel like it's overwhelming. So that's like so one way some people look at it. So what do you do? Do you get someone to start small with like, you know, taking control of their mornings or starting with a routine? Like, would you say someone could, should start that way? And I'm going to add another one. And like, do you get to get better with the stuff that you do? Like you get to the better with the stuff that you're, that you love. And so like, cause a lot of people are like, probably would look at the calendar like, wow, I'm doing a lot of stuff I don't love. So there's a lot of like awareness that's happening. So what do you, what are your thoughts there? I know there's a lot of stuff I just said because I'm excited. It's all good. It's so whatever all good. you heard and took, just do. <laughs> yeah. So one of the things is I think people need to give them some self, some grace during this time with the pandemic. Um, I've kept my structure because I think that's one of the things that is really important in times of crisis. You know, we watch emergency management crews. They have systems. They have checklists. They can have control over the chaos around them. So this is why I say when you build those habits in now, when you hit crisis or chaos, 
there is some structure still that foundation is so strong that you don't feel disheveled as much mm -hmm. um you know i realize that some people are losing jobs and i'm not negating any of that but the other people are working from home as well they've also maybe let themselves go so like this morning i got up i go have my workout i have some breakfast i get ready for the day uh, regardless if i'm going to be home all day or not so i make sure that my mindset my physical environment how i feel is going to be on top of my game so i can get what i need done accomplished this is a versus all of a sudden I'm, oh we're going out of the house i gotta go shower i gotta go do this but now i'm already ready so people can really start with the small things. So if I told you, I'll give you 20 minutes to test it. So you could use, put on the timer for 20 minutes, pay some bills, file some papers on your desk, maybe plan your meal plan for the week, look up some recipes. You would be surprised how much you could accomplish in 20 minutes, just because you have that little extra pressure, that little bit of urgency to get things done. Then when you see how much you can do in 20 minutes, then it's where where can you expand from there is learning your optimum time frame what works for you it might be a half hour it might be the 20 minutes i know for myself i'm just getting going at 20 minutes and when i hit 45 it's like okay we need to take that break for one thing you need to have those breaks to give yourself those moments of insight neuroscience shows that when we have those breaks of time where our brain is not taxed. It has nothing really to think about. It's not stimulated, like whether you go for a walk, take a shower, or you know, you're doing some exercise of some kind, or maybe even making a meal. That's when those eureka moments show up. Those creative breakthroughs show up. Is because you've given your mind, you were working on something, you stepped away, you allowed your brain to say, okay, let's take a pause, let's think about this a little bit on a different level. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, I have a solution. And then you can jump back in. But the thing is people keep going and going like they're on a treadmill and they don't allow for those breaks of time to really have that silence and reflection. Cause I think sometimes they're afraid of what they're going to think about. And if they just finished working on something, it might be just like, okay, can the, and going for that walk with the intention that I'm going to find the answer. The answer is going to come to me as I calm down, go for this walk or I go for this run or I just relax and sit and listen to music. It's when you are most relaxed that those breakthroughs come through. Ah, I just like want to let that set in for people because it's exactly, that's exactly it. They're doing the things that they want to do, but at the same time, like, you know, in those moments, you're training yourself to start understanding yourself. So it's like, you have to give yourself that, like that, pre that, that break to like just be okay and and gentle with the process because don't expect to like have it all like figure it out then and there this is an ongoing rest of our life thing we're only getting better and better at our craft every day and it's not sustainable to go full tilt all the time yeah. so when you have those breaks to recharge and of course the name of your show you know relove and uh, rise it's so important to give yourself those moments to love yourself find grace and compassion for yourself and rise because you've given yourself time to really absorb what it is that you've been working on. And, and it could be that maybe it's something that you worked on a few days ago. One of my coaching clients years ago, um, we hadn't worked together for a while and all of a sudden she sent me this picture and she goes, Deb, I was vacuuming today and I didn't have an aha moment. I had a Deborah moment. 
because something you told me in coaching, I was not ready to receive. And suddenly while I was vacuuming, it was like, oh, we talked about that. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I love it. <laughs> that's a, that's a, that's an epiphany moment. Like where it's just like, it, yeah, she wasn't ready for you, but it just showed up and she was like, oh, this is it. This is my moment. Like she, that's so nice. She told you that. Yeah. And nobody's ready for change until they're ready. You can't force change to happen. The truth. <laughs> Have you had like, for instance, can you just get like, so people can really kind of get what we're saying even more. Like what, what was like something that stands out to you with, with, with a client that like was an aha moment that they weren't ready, but it came up like, just like what you shared there, but like where you like, where it actually happened right in front of you. Where they're resisting well resistance is there and it's going to persist until you learn the lesson and one of the things i love to tell people is once you're self-aware there's no turning back so someone might be we might be talking about how you get in your own way and they're like no no no, no i'm not and then they'll be like oh i'm being stubborn i don't want to see it differently because if we look at any situation just like if there was a car accident for example, if we ask witnesses to give us a perspective of what happened, every single person will have a different point of view of what they saw. So if we were to look at any situation in life, if, and we only see it from our lens, if we had many people looking at the same lens, we'd get different advice, different viewpoints. But you got to remember that even though we have all these viewpoints of how things could be, if we're stuck on one place in our own mind, that there's no other options, no other possibilities, and we're not open, then we're getting in our own way of seeing what is possible for me if I start looking at this. And I like to use the metaphor of a kaleidoscope. So I don't know if you've had one when you were a kid, but as you tilt it, the crystals shift and you get a different picture. So if I start to look at different angles, Again, using the superpower of curiosity and asking questions, I might begin to see things differently. And then I've had clients be like, oh, I'm in the way, I'm preventing this from moving forward in the way I wanted to. What can I be doing differently? So then once they're self-aware, there's no turning back because it's like this little angel and devil sitting on your shoulder saying, you know better, you already know. So now that you know, you can't do that again, right? So it's really being mindful and paying attention and asking yourself, am I holding myself back in any way? And is there an action that I could take that would help me break through this belief? I'm going to end it off there because I think asking yourself those questions at the end is really, you know, that's a big statement. And I think it's nice to wait in because it's like something that's going to show up for them if they listen to it today or it might show up like where they listen to it and like it might be like uh, a week from now a month from now but regardless there's something to be said those are very powerful words deborah thank you so much um so you have a book out uh if people want to find out more about being curious you want to speak a little bit about that absolutely so it's on amazon it's on indigo chapters uh, barnes and noble you can get let's be curious how to ask the right questions, get better answers, and create what you want. It all starts with being curious, really asking the questions. Because as kids, you probably ask why. If you're ever around kids, they're always asking, why this? Why that? Why this? And at some point, 
Someone said, why are you asking such questions? And you might have shrunk down. You might have held yourself back from asking those questions because one person maybe had said something about a question you asked. I'd rather have you ask the question than take a chance or take a risk that didn't allow you to be informed, didn't allow you to minimize risk, didn't allow you to feel like you did your due diligence because you will figure it out. You just need to know how to ask the right question. It's so true. Like when I was, uh, before I, like when I was going through my journey and like, I basically got to the point where I was just like, you know, I keep hearing the same thing over and over and over again. There must be a reason why they see it. And then I started being curious and, and then I started asking the questions and then the awareness started happening. So that's exactly how, this is exactly how it starts is like what you said today. So thank you so much. And where can people find you, Deborah? Well, they can go over to my website at www.debrakazowski.com. I actually have a free gift there where they can get Making Habits Stick. It's a three-part mini course. It's a video course. So there's an assignment and three videos that go with it to help you develop those habits that are going to stick and knock those goals out of the park. I'm also available on iTunes on my podcast, The Millionaire Woman Show, where I'd love for you to come and listen to some episodes. And soon enough, we'll have Amanda on there as well as one of the guests. And um, I would love to continue the conversation. You can find me on the social media channels as well under Deborah Kozowski. Awesome. And we'll have all this in the show notes so people can know uh, where to find you. And I think it's awesome, especially you guys have the best time to work on yourself right now. So if you're curious about yourself and going and trying her free uh, little gift there, it might be the best thing that might, could, it could help you change your life. Thank you guys so much. And we'll talk to you on the next episode. All right, guys, I am sending you guys so much love till next time. And as always, the only way to get this podcast out is you. I thank you guys so much from the bottom of my heart because it would not be where it is without you guys. If you find any value out of this podcast, please like, share, and rate, and subscribe. It honestly would mean the world to me. And that is how you can give some love to this podcast back. All right. Thank you guys so much. And until next time, keep being amazing and keep being you.